0: Welcome to Lambs to Lions, you're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. I don't know if you've ever had this in your life where it seems like and I say it seems like you can't get close to Jesus <laughs> although he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you and maybe the reason he feel you feel he's far from you he hasn't left maybe you just have gone your own way <laughs> right but he's always there but are there people in your life men that will help you bring you to him when you need him most and you know what I should say well you need him most when all the time All the time but are there men in your life in your circle that would help carry you to Christ when you're being challenged when you're being when you're in a season of confusion when you're being confronted are there men that will carry you to Christ and do whatever it takes even if it means busting barriers so that you can receive your blessing do you have men like that in your life to carry you hopefully you do if you're in this house you do you're part of this brotherhood and are you willing to go above the crowd to get to Christ? We talked about going through the crowd. How the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years had to cut through the crowd to get to Christ. But are you willing to go over the crowd? Well, there was yes. We got one yes. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go through. I'm willing to go over whatever it takes if it means getting people to Christ. Well, that's what this message is is all about. And I'm, I'm here to tell you when, when doing so, breaking down barriers, you know, things are going to get a little messy. Jesus said in this world, you will have storms, but to take heart, for he has overcome the world. You know, I don't know if you figured this out yet, but life is messy. Church is messy, all <laughs> right? Hey, if we didn't have any oxen in the barn, there wouldn't be any mess, right? It's messy. But our God, as he's showing us and continuing to show us that he takes messes and he turns them into miracles, right? He uses messes as part of his miracles. So it doesn't always come all clean and polished, does it? Nope, sure doesn't. And we know that, that we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to get people to, to Jesus. And, and our vision, uh, I think I printed it out for you to just as a reminder to follow along with us here, is to reach, reach who? every available person, by every available available means with the gospel. And what's the next one? Teach. Teach. Say teach. teach. All right. Our job is to establish them in the local church, man, teaching and training them to become like Christ. This is why we are so passionate about the local church, the Bride of Christ, right? This is why we need a brotherhood, a sisterhood, and a family, You know, you got to be committed to something It's called covenant. And if you don't have it, you're going to have a hard time completing your calling because you need people that will stand by you and carry you through the storms and remind you of the vision that the Lord gave you and the calling that is on your life and the mission that is on the church as a whole. Jesus said, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail. That we aren't to forsake the coming together and gathering, but all the more as the day's approach. Brothers, Jesus Himself said, Lord, make them right. No, make them one as we are one. So that is why we are so passionate about the local church. That is why we lift up all the local churches in our community. We pray for them. You know, because we did a a cute series once, we called it Yo Mama, right? That's why we don't talk down about the local church either, because that's the bride of Christ. That's your mama you're talking about, (laughs) right? Yeah, we are called to build up and encourage. And if it ain't edifying and if it's building up the church, we don't say it, right? Are you with me? All right, I feel the preaching coming on this morning. The next part of our vision is to mobilize. To mobilize the army of God, man. Are you an army? Oh, are you an army? Come on. Well, an army can't. An army can't complete its enemy if it's divided against itself. Well, I'm just going to go here, you go there, and you figure out your post, I'll figure out my post, and we'll, hopefully we'll get there. That doesn't work that way, right? That's why we are called to mobilize the army of God to help each person find his or her place in the function of the body of Christ. We all have different gifts and abilities and talents the Lord has given us, and we just got to remember who our real enemy is and what it is we are fighting for, okay? So are you ready to make moves this morning? Are you ready to get mobile? All right. Well, then this message is for us. Because our God is, again, taking those messes, and there's going to be messes in the battlefield. Things get a little bloody at times. We get a little banged up. We get a little bruised up. We get a little bit... Cut up, But I I had this vision a long time ago, and I picture all you men, same thing, around the fire sometimes. And for some of you, it's been Monday. I'm just going to say it because it keeps coming up. You know, Sunday's like the battle for you, but your battle might be Wednesday. But for those of you men that are fighting the good fight and are really going to work and going to war here in this house... Three services on a Sunday, come on. And it didn't stop on Sunday. It doesn't end on Sunday, right? But coming together, there's going to be battles and breakthrough because people are getting healed, people are getting saved, people are getting baptized, people are getting discipled. Yeah. But I had this vision that, that us sitting around a fire of, of men with all kinds of scars, and some of us are still bleeding a little bit, and our armor's all banged up, you know, like the medieval times, right? And we're just, we're sitting there, and we're just like, thank you, Jesus, the, the victory belongs to you, we're still winning, we're still here. And I would rather pick any soldier like that than another soldier that is, with armor has no blood, no stains on it, not banged up, all polished and looking good. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? I want, I want men with experience. Men that are willing to be boots on the ground, Men that are willing to smell like sheep. <laughs> I said sheep. What's that? (laughs) Men that are bad. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. So we're going to dive into uh, Mark 2 today. We're going to talk about a story that will that, give more context to this. Uh, Mark 2. We're going to go only going uh, 12 verses. I say only because we normally go through a whole chapter, and it's a great chapter. Read the whole chapter. Uh, but there are several different teachings just in that chapter. So I want to focus on this one. Mark 2, uh, verses 1 to 12. Mark Mark being the author, also known as John Mark, was very close uh, to Jesus. He was also close to Peter and Paul. So um, And it's, it's the gospel of Mark. And if you read in the beginning, he talks about the gospel being Jesus and showing up and doing these things. That's so how we introduce it. And then it's fact after fact, it's story after story from three different parts from, from, from Galilee to Jerusalem and the in between. And the first part of Mark is actually Jesus's followers figuring out who is this Jesus guy. Come on. And everybody else along with him, like, He's doing miracles and stuff, and they're really getting to know him as Lord and Savior. But it also starts with two prophecies that were spoken about Jesus' coming. So I love how Mark sets up the whole thing about this Messiah coming, right? And it's Jesus, so he's making it clear, okay, before I go any further, before I get into the story and all the miracles, the miracles point to our Messiah. This was spoken, here he is. Okay, and it's Jesus revealing himself again and again, and to the people realizing who he truly is up to the point of his calling, which was the cross. So let's read Mark 12, uh, Mark, two, Mark 2, sorry, verses 1 to 12. And I'd like to start and see who we can get online. Great job, man. Let's give it up for the word one more time. And the men that were so bold to read the word this morning. Okay, what stood out to you in context of what did we just read, man? What did we just read about? Why don't we just start with the, the basics, the, just the what? Who do we, who's, who's part of the scene here? What's going on? Somebody tell me. Give me a quick shot, snapshot. Lewis, tell me what's going on. Friends with Three friends with a crippled uh, friend of theirs, bringing, bringing them to Jesus. That's a beauty. Beauty. All right. Could they get to Jesus right in the beginning? Why not? I've got uh, Psalms 144 here of David. Praise to be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I would take refuge, who subdues people under me. Oh Lord, what is man that you care for him, the son of man that you think of him. So these men went above and beyond, took their brother or their their loved one to the top of that. They went through the crowd and they fought through that to, uh, to get him to the Lord. Beautiful. There we go. Good job, man. All right. So let's just dive right into this. I want to start in uh, verse 2. I think it's verse 2. It says, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, that he, who was he? Who was he? Jesus preached the word to them. Wow. We just park right there. He preached the word to them. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word is speaking the Word. That's powerful. That's powerful right there, okay? But the first point I want to talk about is making room. This just keeps coming up, making room, because it says there was, you know where else there wasn't any room? In the inn for Jesus. There was no room in the inn when Jesus came, so he was born in a barn, because there was no room for the miracle to get in. Come on. And now the the miracle maker's in there, and we want to see a story of a miracle that can't get in. Come on, Lord. (laughs) Someone say, make some room. Make some room. room. I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a church that was so big or any kind of organization for that matter, and that you felt unnoticed or that there wasn't room for you. I'm not saying there wasn't room for you, but you felt like there just wasn't room for you. Whether it was to come in, get involved, or just even to come to the front. Or maybe you went to a function, and you just felt invisible. You were, you know, you are at a party last night. <laughs> you are at Vince's party, you showed up, and nobody talked to you. I guarantee you that did not happen. <laughs> Not in his house. Well, actually, it was Bob's house. Not in Bob's house. <laughs> right? But again, you know this 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 happens, and and from experience, I've been there too. I grew up in the church, but the thing was, I was comfortable because I grew up in a certain church. It was the church that that we all went to. My grandparents went to. Their grandparents went to. And then when I moved to Alberta from Manitoba and I started to look for another church, I went to some of these big, beautiful churches. And they are. I have nothing against big, beautiful churches, by the way, especially ones that are reaching the lost and ministering to people and getting people saved and baptized. But I do know what it feels like to feel overlooked and not fit in. And so if I felt like that, even coming from the family of God, how much more are those people stepping into church for the first time feeling at times, right? Again, the biggest gift that that we can give someone is the ability to be seen. That should be in your notes. The ability to be seen. I see you. We just did a leadership teaching this last week and we talked about that, like how many people do we pass by during the day and walk by, don't even look at them, let alone look at them, smile at them, acknowledge them, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night, (laughs) you know, how are you doing today? How's your day going, that person that's serving us coffee? Instead of just thinking of our order and trying to get that figured out, why don't we take a little moment to pause and be like, how are you doing today? What are you looking forward to doing after you get off your shift, after you've been living the dream here at Tim Hortons? <laughs> You know, what if we really got to know people and took the time so they know that we see them because God sees them? And are we not the body of Christ? What we see, God sees. What we touch, God touches. So when we walk in, are we making room? You know, hospitality at its best is when we are seeing people when we are celebrating people, when we are loving people, and when we are seeing the greatest in them, even if they don't see it in themselves. That is hospitality. And that's the way that Jesus sees us. And we are to call out those things that are in people. We are to speak things that are not as though they are. We got to call them to Christ. We got to help carrying them. And one of the ways we carry people is with our words it's making room with our words. Remember, Jesus, the Word, was preaching the Word. He himself was making room for a miracle, even if everybody else wasn't. He knew it was coming. You think he was surprised? <laughs> I don't. And again, I, I, you know, I, I, I love the local church. I started off with that and and... And I love the impact that we get to have as the body. So what? No matter what size, you can come into a group of three people and still feel unnoticed. It doesn't have to be a hundred or a thousand, right? But what difference are we making, gentlemen, as the church to make room even in our own home? Okay. <sighs> you can go ahead there, Nars. I have a real heart, and I know a lot of you men do too. Is to go after the one out of the ninety nine. You know, Jesus went after the one out of the ninety nine, and sometimes I've had to realize that the Lord needs His job back. That we can't be chasing everybody. There's a difference. <laughs> it, Jesus went after the one out of the nine, but my heart is still for the one, and I've had to learn wisdom. I can't just leave all the ninety nine and have them figure it out for themselves. I gotta send people. <laughs> I gotta send them out, right? Equip them. That is my heart. You know, my heart is, is for those that feel like they are the outsider. Those that don't feel that they would be welcomed in to the body of Christ. It's actually something that's really passionate about That's why I am what, uh, who I am today is because I know what it's like to grow up in a religious environment where you come to on Sunday and everybody pretends they got it all together. And they don't talk about their problems. They don't talk about their mess. (laughs) And you'd only dress a certain way when you show up. And it wasn't the kind of environment where I would just invite my unchurched, unsaved, lost, messy, tattooed friends to. Right? And so my heart is for those that are overlooked, that are labeled, that are limited, that are walked past. and and looking for a way that we could make room for them in the house of the Lord. Jesus did, and he went to them as well. Uh, We've heard many stories of uh, how people even waited to come in to this church. You know, one gentleman slept in the stairwell all night on a Saturday night so that he could come in and be baptized the next morning. You know, one woman shared with us, she struggled with so much fear and anxiety, she actually came to the parking lot several times. First of all, she drove by several times, then she had the nerve to back way in the parking lot where no one would notice her, stay for a minute, and then drive away. She did that several times until one Sunday, a gentleman came up to her, saw her there, and not only greeted her from her car, but offered her coffee right there. And then she came in. Gave her heart to the Lord and got baptized. Beautiful. Oh, yes. We also know of another story that happened this year of a gentleman that told us he drove by our church for two years. <laughs> two years he drove by the church. He had mess in his life and he was looking for meaning. And he drove by and he said, Fine. And I said, So what made you finally come in? He said, Honestly, it was all the happy people outside the church. And I finally said, well, I see what's on the outside. I'm ready to see what's on the inside and what they're all happy about. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the hardest thing sometimes is getting through the doors of the church and coming in. And that's why we purposely set up our patio. We get out there. We meet. We greet. We smile. We wave. Do you know that we even our, our host team even waves at cars driving by that aren't even coming to our church? Because one day they might. Praise the Lord. In verse 3, it says, Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Hmm. How far? How far do you think others are willing to carry you? How far? How far are they willing to go for you? How about this? How far are you willing to go to carry others to Christ? What if it means making a mess? What if it means going beyond the boundaries of the front door? What if it's going to cost you? Somebody's going to have to pay for that roof, (laughs) right? The men, knowing what was happening, knew there was going to be a cost. But for their friend's breakthrough, for their friend's miracle, for that blessing, the faith that drove them forward was greater than whatever cost they might have to pay later or how they may look bringing them, bringing their friend to Jesus. And then verse 4 says, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening. Come on, the first biblical recorded skylight. Come on. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. Point two, removing the barriers to getting your breakthrough, not just for you. There are many barriers that try to get in the way or are in the way from us and others receiving our blessing. The sad thing is sometimes we are that barrier. The scripture says since they could not get to Jesus... The people were in the way, although everyone wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to hear Jesus. Jesus had a miracle, and they wanted to see that miracle. What they didn't realize was the miracle was outside and couldn't get in. The The roof wasn't the biggest barrier. The people were. Think of this. Imagine that's the front door, and everybody's facing Jesus, and they're listening to Jesus, but their backs are turned to the one who needs it the most. It happens. Oh, I'm here to worship Jesus. I'm here to spend time with Jesus. Yeah, but are you here also to serve others and spend time with them? Because just as you do to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do to me. And sometimes it's not our intent that's the issue, it's our impact. We got great intent, but we don't realize our impact. Are you with me? It's a heavy one, isn't it? We're thinking, yes, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus, but we got to love God and love others. We got to see Jesus in others. We got to see like I want to worship him, but I got to I got to make sure that I'm it's not just me here all the time. All eyes on me. I got to keep looking over my shoulder. I got to make sure that there's somebody at the front doors at all times that there's a way to get in and get to Christ and get to him. The scripture says they made an opening. Where could you make an opening for others to get to Jesus? It might be your opening line. (laughs) Come on. It might be an opening statement. One of the simplest things that we can do is invite people to come in. Do you know that's our keystone habit in this church is invite. How will they know if no one tells them? And if you want vague results, then set vague goals. Say, like, I'm going to invite someone sometime to church. That's vague. Who are you going to invite? When are you going to invite them? And why why limit yourself with just one? Fifteen seconds could change someone's life for an eternity. What what are we waiting for? An invitation. (laughs) And when you invite someone to your house, James, you say, hey, I'd love to have you over sometime. Where do you say, hey, what are you doing this Friday? You got plans? Come over to my house. Come over to his house. There's so many invitation opportunities where people are saying, trust me, things aren't going great in my life right now. My wife and I aren't getting along right now. I'm worried about finances right now. Your first indication should be that and then it should be an invite. And you don't need to fix them, man. You just got to invite them in. Let Jesus do the fixing. That's right. If you're trying to convince them and, and go through the whole gospel before leading them in, you're doing it wrong. Jesus said, come and follow me. Follow me into the church. Follow me into a brotherhood. Just show up. Spend time. You're going to get a great message. And the greatest message is going to be the message of the men. The people that you meet. Yeah. You will see how authentic these men are, how real they are that they're also struggling too, but they are men and they are warriors after God. You know, on the simplest things that we ask ourselves is, what does it look like if our doors are open and there's room for them to get in? And when they do come in, will they feel welcome, whether it's in your home or in this church? When they show up, will we be waiting for them outside Or will we be talking amongst ourselves with our backs turned to them? Are we expecting them to come? Are we expecting new people to show up today that weren't even invited to the church? Yes. Yes. Are you expecting someone to come today that you personally invited to the church? Yes. Yes. So when you know someone's coming to your house, I'm like, ask Charmaine. I'm like this all the time. I'm like, I'll either have my garage door open and be working out of the garage, or I'm I'm constantly looking out the back window. And you know what I'm usually listening for is Harleys. (laughs) I'm like a little kid with like the ice cream truck. Remember the ice cream truck when I come by? Ice cream! (laughs) Yeah, the ice cream man is here. (laughs) I'm like that with Harleys. I hear Harleys, and, 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 and Coach uh, Delton is my neighbor, right? And I come running out the back deck, and I stand on my tippy toes, and I wave as he drives by. He probably doesn't know this, but every time I hear, I can hear him coming when he leaves, when he starts up his bike at his house. I, down every time it passed, bang! Uh, like, I got run out. It's like the ice cream track for me. I'm like, ah, here goes my friend. Here comes my friend but we should be just as excited with anticipation when people are coming to this house, they're like, hey man, I want to talk to you, but can you talk beside me? Because I don't want my, I'm expecting somebody right now. I'm expecting Jesus is coming to the house right now. I'm expecting salvation is coming in right now. Yeah, I'll come in, I'll come in, but let's not have our backs turned because something big's about to happen. Let's not miss the miracle. Let's make room for it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. And and you know, it comes in all different shapes and sizes and ways. It might be something, it might be us thinking ahead. What if, what if a mess comes in that smells like alcohol and wants to sit down on our patio? Will we be ready? Do you know our gates were open when we were having the meeting on the patio? This is midweek. And that woman (laughs) literally stopped. She stopped right in front of us. Coach Vince was there too. And she says, I can't walk anymore. Can I sit down there? I said, absolutely. I knew what was coming. And Rick, did I not say it? Was I not just saying how the Lord was going to give us an opportunity and it was going to shift our focus that day and he was going to bless us with something that we didn't expect? And we had our plans and we had our agenda, but he's going to send someone to mess it all up three times so he can bless us? Three times people came by the patio. Three times doors opened. There's a woman that's going to be here today that is feeding the community and looking for a place that she gets fresh meat and vegetables and she needs a house to serve out of. She's coming today because she interrupted a meeting. Mm. Awesome. (laughs) And this woman, back to our friend, this woman, when she stopped and she sat down and Rick went up to her, and we got to lay hands and prayed on her. She came in not being able to walk anymore because she was in so much pain. To like You gave the G-rated version, but she left like this. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. She wasn't leaving like this. She was healed. And even though you, you saw me, right, I, I came up to her and I said, hey. I said, so, do you know Jesus yet? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And I came on pretty strong because she's in my house. I'm not going to let her go without an opportunity to receive Jesus. And she says, I don't know yet, but I'm going to start here. She had the Bible. That's good. And I said, I'm going to start here. And I said, well, that's a good place to start. But you know what's greater than religion is relationship. And you know you can see the battle. But then, you know, she's like, I'm not ready for that. But could we pray over you right now? That was the evidence that she needed to see. In the name of Jesus, when we laid, when you laid hands on her hip. And she walked out that way. She knew there was a God. And I guarantee you, she's going to be back. Right? And if they're, if they're having problems walking, they're having problems getting, getting in, will you help them? We got a ramp there. We got a door right there. You know, I'm going to brag on our men. We got such good men in the house and hospitality teams. Just incredible. You see older people that are having a hard time getting up those first stairs. We know. Why do they need to go up two more rows of stairs? They don't. Stop them right there. They might be a little stubborn don't try to fight with a woman I'll just tell you that but at least offer say ma'am I see you are strong and I see you are healthy but could I just honor you this morning but why don't you come right this way and sit right there right that might look different in your home but it looks different for all of us but in this house someone say in this this house we'll make a way Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, whoa, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, not just, it doesn't say the paralyzed man's faith, their faith, the brotherhood, that they were willing to go to great lengths to remove the barrier to get to Jesus, son, this is how he says, he didn't say you're healed, son, your sins are forgiven. Wow. Wow. We have a lot of weight in this world. There's a lot of things physically, you know, diseases will come and go and sickness here and there. We don't have to tolerate it. We don't have to accept it. But the greatest miracle story is always the miracle story of salvation, the forgiveness of sins. Faith will always get you further than fear will. Fear would have kept the men from damaging the roof, but they believed that their friend's miracle was worth the mess. The scripture says, when Jesus saw their faith, how did Jesus see their faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Christ saw their confidence. They saw their confidence in what they hoped for, that they were willing to remove the barriers. That's some, that's some faith. They had it. The men were confident that their friend would be healed if they could just get him to Christ. Again, men, you don't have to fix them. You just got to be confident. They'll get healed. They'll get saved if you can just get them to Christ. I'm confident every time that I invite someone here to church, I know they're going to meet Jesus. I know they're going to get saved. I know they're going to get baptized. And I know they're going to get healed. And there's a high probability it'll happen on the first invite. That's how confident I am in him. If I just get them to him, get them to the word, get them in community, get them in the tribe, pull them out from those wolves, get them in the flock. Evidence is going to be all around them. Mighty men and women standing all around them. Prayer teams that have been praying over these seats for years before we even got here. There is such an anointing in this. We had, we, we had Jason share last Sunday. He said, I will have restrictions in my breathing every day, all week long. I walk into the church. Whoosh, I can breathe. Did you not say that? That's a miracle story. That's the confidence I have. Why? Because of the evidence. Every day, every way. Pastor Rudy shared at men's at 5.30 a.m. He woke up. His, his ear was full of fluid. He couldn't hear. You know, he's feeling like garbage. But he knew he had to get in the house. He said as soon as he walked into God's house, whomp, his ears opened, the pain left. That's why I have confidence. Just get them here. It's not lump, some long, fancy prayer that you got to do. Just get them in. Invite them in. Get them to Christ you with me? Okay. Verse 8, immediately, say immediately. Immediately, Immediately, though, Jesus knew in the spirit of the religious leaders what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? The verse before this, they were saying to themselves, this is blaspheming. Only God can forgive sins. Stop the stinking thinking. That's the next point. <laughs> I wish it was that easy to just stop it, but sometimes it is. Sometimes you just got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You just got to stop. Don't give me excuses why you're thinking of that. Don't give me, I don't need to hear the whole story about it. Just stop it. Cut it out. Just cut it out. Stop right there for a moment. Say no. My, you know, speaking of stopping, stinking, thinking, sometimes we tolerate things like, um, here's a great example. We, we tolerate, not just the flu season, allergy season. My mother-in-law, um, Pastor Ray's wife, Elaine, and this is, uh, I heard her share the story with me once. She struggled with allergies her whole life. And one day they're, they're driving down the highway and there's this big sign they put up. It's allergy season! And it was trying to promote, you know, the medication for it. And she just looked at that sign and she says, no, it isn't. And from that day forward, she hasn't struggled with allergies. Sometimes you just got to call it and say, stop, stop now in the name of Jesus. Stop. (laughs) And the thing with thinking, thinking is you can't sail when your thoughts are causing you to drown. You blame everybody else, but you're the one focusing on the wrong things. You're the one not meditating on his word and you're the one meditating on worry. Why don't you just stop drowning? (laughs) Why don't you start Swimming. Well, it's more work to swim than it is to drown. It sure is. Actually, it's just the same amount. You can sit there panicking, or you could use some of that energy and just start swimming. Get into God's Word. And how is it that we can even see, going back to the religious leaders, that we can see people getting blessed, yet question the motive behind the miracle? Be careful, man. You see a miracle, and you're like, well... You know, the religious leaders did that to Jesus once, too. They said that he was working for Satan. He says, he says an army ag- against itself will not stand. He's like, I'm not, how, "How? You, you can see a miracle, and you're trying to make excuses for the miracle? Come on. Someone gets healed. Someone gets set free. Well, I don't like the way they're doing it at that church. Who cares? Are they meeting Jesus? Are they able to get to Christ? Are their lives being changed? Why are you getting so hung up on the method and there's a miracle right in front of you? Sometimes we have a hard time celebrating other people's success. Yet everything good comes from God. And there will still always be Pharisees that get in the way because they struggle with the message of grace and they don't believe it's fair, you see. Thank you. Another dad joke for you. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. What thoughts have you been battling with that you think Jesus would be challenging you on right now? Why are you thinking these things? Gentlemen, stand to your feet. Our memory verse, yes, I said memory verse. I want you to memorize it. I want you to know it in your heart. I want it to come out of your mouth. It is Mark 2, 10 to 11. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. We need to see everyone as a miracle. And we need to take these miracle stories home. It's time to take up our cross, and it's also time to go home. To pick up our miracle story, to share it with our family. We welcome miracles into our house, and we watch as miracles flow out of our home. If we welcome them in. Our takeaway is this, welcome home, miracle. So next time you see somebody, no matter you see a mess, you say to them, welcome home, miracle. Welcome home. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for your word today. We thank you that it speaks life to us. And with conviction, Lord Jesus, the way that you can speak not with condemnation, for you came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Thank you for saving us through you who given up your life for us on the cross. Thank you for your resurrection power. And because of that belief and making you Lord over our life that we can be saved. And Lord, that we can have the belief and the ability to reach out so that you can save others. Lord, give us boldness to apply this word today. Lord, we don't want to leave these doors the same way we came in. So may your joy be our strength as we welcome home miracles today in Jesus' name. Now, man, if you're here, you're listening online, you could be at the Joshua House right now watching in. Everything comes back to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We could preach about it all day long, share all the miracle stories, but the biggest miracle of all is that of salvation, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus came, he died, he rose again, and he's coming back. And Paul says in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. Before you can make room for anything else in your life, you need to make room in your heart for Jesus. You are a miracle story and you need to welcome him into your home and into your heart. So if you haven't prayed this prayer, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. We're going to do just that. And maybe you prayed it before, but you're coming, you're welcoming him back into your heart and back into your home. Because if you would be honest with yourself for just a moment, maybe you've been getting in the way. And it's time to let them in. Just pray after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I thank you for making a way when it seemed like there was no way. Lord, would you forgive me? Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for getting in the way. I now invite you into my heart to be Lord over my life. I believe that my past is past and I will move forward from this day forward with you in Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed. If you prayed this prayer for the first time or you're coming back to Him today, just put your hand up towards Him right now. That's thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. If you're watching or listening online, you can just message me in the private chat there. Give me a thumbs up if that's that's you today, too. Right on. If you're listening at the Joshua House, I'm just going to ask one of our lit to be there with you, to, to pray over you after, and to speak a word of encouragement over you. We're going to go into a time of worship, but... Uh, what I want to do here is I want every man on this side of the house to come over to this side of the house get in tight, get in tight this is making room for those that are watching online then I want Darren to get the camera and I want to just reach out towards the men at the recovery center at Joshua House maybe you're hearing this and you can't see it but God sees you And you stumbled upon this podcast or you came on YouTube. But these men are all standing believing. These men know what you've been through. They know what you're going through. but most importantly, they know what you're called to. So in agreement right now is men, we believe by the power and the name of Jesus that you will be set free. We believe that God's anointing is going to flow from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. We believe that any sickness, disease, any pain that's been in your body, anything that is not of God is casted out now in Jesus' name. We believe that your touch, the Lord's touch will touch you and you will touch others that your life will forever be changed from this moment forward. Lord, if you've given us anything as men, that we pray that we would pass it on to them spiritually through your Holy Spirit right now. Any strength, Lord Jesus, give to them. Anointing, give to them. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. And if you want to get baptized, we have that lid's going to be lifted right now in faith. No, we're actually going to lift it. Faith without works is dead. So we're going to lift the lid. Baptism means to be fully immersed all in. Jesus commissioned us in the Great Commission to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what that word baptism means, fully immersed, fully immersed, all in. In Romans, it says when you're baptized, you're baptized with Christ. When you go in the water, represents when he went to the grave. You're going to the grave with Christ. And when you come up out of the water, represents his resurrection. You are resurrected with Christ. And if that's you and you haven't been baptized, or maybe you were baptized as a baby and you didn't have the, 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 your own choice to do so, you could come forward. Today is your day. Today is the day the Lord has made and he has made a way. Just step in. We'd be honored to baptize you today. Let us worship. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry.